Hello, this is Do Go On. I'm Matt Stewart. And I'm Taran Jayamana. And uh, we're in Sydney. And uh, we're about to be in Brisbane. And we're doing live shows. They're called Dry Dryer. And also, who knew with Matt Stewart in both those cities? And you can get details at mattstewartcomedy.com. Anything else you want to tell the good listeners that do go on, Saran? Well, the whole point of this was you thought that it might be more engaging if you had a different voice. But you've said most of the information. So, hey, come see us in Sydney and Brisbane. Yeah, that was engaging. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether it's your first ever website or your business is expanding, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website and engage with your audience. Upload video content, organize your video library and showcase your content on beautiful video pages. You can even sell access to your video library by adding a paywall to your content. Cha-ching. <laughs> you can help with written content on your website with Squarespace AI, which I used to write this next sentence, so check this out. Generate instant, personalised results that know and show your brand identity. Explain what your site is about, choose your tone, and enter what you need to get short or long-form text. Squarespace AI, Squarespace AI makes it easier to go live, stand out, and succeed online. Oh, Dave, if only it could also not just write it, but read it too. <laughs> And edit it. (laughs) Hey, sell exclusive content on your site by adding a paywall to sell memberships or courses. Or sell files your customers can download like PDFs, music or ebooks. Man, it's starting to sound like I'm obsessed with money. (laughs) (laughs) And you are. So head to squarespace.com slash do go on for a free trial and to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Welcome to another episode of Do Go On. My name is Dave Warnicky, and as always, I'm here with Matt Stewart and Jess Perkins. Hello, Dave. Hey, Dave. Thanks so much for welcoming us along to this podcast. Hey, you're back. You've been away. Yeah, thanks for welcoming me back. You've been away for a little while, even though in podcasting terms, only for one episode, but you've been away for, what, a month? Yeah, I have gotten married. Woo! He did it. He did it. I can't believe it. They said it couldn't be done. Yeah. No confirmation on uh, any sort of... After hours yeah. activities. <laughs> and Dave, that's not us asking, okay? No. We don't want to know. We don't want to know. He keeps trying to tell us, and we say, David, enough of that. But, first I mean, thing Jess messaged me. <laughs> Dave's a very honest man, and he is still wearing the V badge. So um, <laughs> we can make assumptions based on that. Um, yeah, I hope you didn't get married to end the virgin jokes because that has absolutely that's come not going to happen. Well, it's three of us here, and only one of us is married, so only one of us has had sex. <laughs> so, <laughs> thank you so much. And I've also uh, I've been on a honeymoon. I went to pa- Gay Paris. Yeah. Wow. 
Had a great time. So Beautiful cool. Time. Brought me back a magnet, so you are welcome back to the podcast. <laughs> yes, that's right. That was your entry requirement. Beautiful. Caught up with a few uh, of our previous episode topics. Did saw, you? Saw the Mona Lisa? Oh, yep. Went up the Eiffel Tower? You went up it. Oh, yeah. yeah. I hope you got married first. <laughs> <laughs> and not to the Eiffel Tower. Yeah. Dave, can you She's confirm taken, or deny did, that you are married to the Eiffel Tower? She's taken. I tried. <laughs> did you get? Uh, did you meet Terrare? Was he French? Yeah, he was French. Yeah. Well, I ate as, about as much food as that guy did. So, but you spread it out over you know a couple of weeks. He would do that for a breakfast. Do it in the city. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, so yes. cool. You travelled overseas. Yeah. They said it couldn't be done. I know. First wow. marriage, now overseas travel. Wow. But yeah, anything's, you anything's possible these days. A box, a wedding, and a and a couple of weeks honeymoon. You squeeze all that into the week off you had from the podcast. It was yeah. an amazing effort. Yeah, been a big week. We're really proud of you, um, and uh, and welcome back. Hey, thank you so much. Great to be back. I heard your episode with Cass Page last week with Hedy Lamar as the topic. Mm. And if you haven't heard that one, what are you doing, people? It was great. It was a good. It's a good story, and and like a name that was. I think, like Cass said, it's right in the back of the brain. It's vaguely familiar, but it's one that we should know. You know? Yeah, and this will help people if you're thinking of Hedy Lamar. Her full name is Hedwig. That's right. That might help ring a few bells. <laughs> yeah. If you're like, oh, Hedwig Lamar, yes. Yes. Dave, you know what you do best? It's so good to have you back here to help us plug some live shows. Yeah, That's we right. sucked at it. I heard you have your best go at it last <laughs> week, and then you'd forgotten the date, the time, the yeah. venue. So, In a charming way. Yeah, we're adorable. <laughs> hey, everyone. None of the charm and all of the business right here. We are doing four podcasts next month live in Melbourne at the European Beer Cafe. We've done these the last few years. It's a great venue, great time, and uh, we're doing them on Sundays at... 8.45 p.m. Prime time. Prime time. April yes. 3rd. When I was a kid, that's when they'd play the latest released blockbuster movies from two or three years earlier. Yes. <laughs> and you'd be like, ooh, Ooh-wah. here we go. Wow, I haven't seen this yet. But you haven't seen this yet, which is uh, our live shows April 3rd, April 10, April 17, April 24. Season passes are available where you get to see all four shows for the price of just three. Jeez, that's good value. That's Bloody good value. hell, that's good value. And if you're a Patreon supporter, you get an extra 20% off as well. So, whoa. <laughs> so that that's uh, that's great value. Those uh, tickets are on sale now at dogoonpod.com. You can find uh, the ticket link as well as the ticket link to our three live quiz shows. Mm. Do go on the quiz show at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. And those are on Monday nights at 9pm, April 4, 11 and 18. So we are doing seven live shows next month. Please come to them all. Come to them all. We'll give you a little prize. If you come to them all. Oh, okay. We'll give, how about we give you a do go on badge if you come to them all? Okay, we don't. Oh, yeah, we have badges. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Dave, we don't have time to oh. get badges, mate. We have badges. I'll give you my V badge if you come to them all. Oh, Dave. <laughs> no. <laughs> I meant the actual badge. You're a married man. <laughs> oh, my God. So, yeah, and the, the quiz show, basically, we pick a topic and then I quiz Matt and Jess and two... Uh, guess each week about the topic. So it's kind of like a report, but there's points involved. Yeah. Yeah. That's a report only better. It's yeah. competitive. Exactly. <laughs> Which is really what me and Jess love. You guys can we love to battle it out. You can win the report. <laughs> uh, and I'm also doing a show the second half of the festival called Hubba Hubba. Honk no. Honk honk. Hubba Hubba. Ring a ding ding. With Alistair Tremblay Birchall. I'm not on Monday nights. Angus Gordon's on Monday nights because I'm doing the quiz show, but. 
it's uh, it's at the Bard's Apothecary. I think it's the first time I've known the name of the venue. And you still mispronounced it. Which bit? It's All apothecary. of it. Apothecary. <laughs> is it Bard though? Yeah. Yes. Bard's Apothecary. <laughs> apothecary. Apothecary. I'm realizing that I playing Wordle when I think I've spelt a word correctly and I've put the word anyway. Um. So, <laughs> what are they? Only five letters. There's only five you're letters. Still and I'm still muddling you're it. You're trying to put in apothecary. <laughs> <laughs> this is Wordle. I'm playing muddle. Uh, and it's yeah, it's a comedy show. It should be a bit of fun. That'd and, be great. Um, I'd love to see you there. I mean, you and Al, two comedians I love so dearly as people. And as performers. That's so nice The to show title, the best thing I've ever heard in my <laughs> life. And I've listened to The Beatles. Whoa. And the poster is incredible as well. There should be awards for best show title and best poster. Yeah. Um, and you would win both this year. That would be so good. Content of the show, who cares? It's great. Got a great name, got a great poster. Yeah. How- Content of the show is the only thing I'm uh, responsible for. So. so you're the only one who cares about it. Yeah, that's right. No one else cares. No. That's right. You get... Do you get the people to do the poster who know what they're doing? Yeah. You get people to name it who know what they're doing. And the rest just falls into place. Yeah, you just have a bloody go. Yeah. And how many shows are you doing? Like 10 or something? Something like 10. So if you go to all 10 of Matt's shows, we'll give you a second badge. Yeah. How about that? I think that's a good deal. <laughs> uh, yeah, but Dave, um, you've been away for a little while. I'd love to hear what you think our show is. Yeah, okay. refresh your own memory. Right. Well, as if I recall from last week's episode, listening back, it's about spoof. That's what yeah, it was about. a lot of spoof chat. Maybe too much, some would argue. Not well, me. That was Castle. That's why Fucking we didn't hell. invite her back this week. So I was sitting at my desk and editing that episode and started cackling laughing. <laughs> really? La- like it really caught me off guard even though I was there and I was laughing my head off. It was very funny. Oh, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love for someone to walk in and <laughs> see you laughing and they say, what are you laughing at? Yeah. Oh, just me. <laughs> All right, Dave can't do it. I'll do it. It's not about spoof. Well, sometimes it is, but <laughs> it's about uh, normally an event or a person or a place from history, and uh, one of the three of us goes away and researches this topic, Come back, comes back to the group with a report, tells it kind of like an old school report, and the other two listen politely and don't interrupt and be annoying and go on tangents. And this week, <laughs> Jess is doing the report, and Jess is going to start her report with a question, as we always do. Jess, what is your question this week? My question is, who is the youngest recipient of the Ashoka, uh, Ashoka Chakra Award, India's highest peacetime gallantry? Gandhi. <laughs> it's not. Gandhi Jr. <laughs> it's not. Gandhi Senior? <laughs> I've made this a, a difficult question. That's quite specific. So it's a um, very specific question. So it's not a... Sachin Tendulkar. No, it's not. <laughs> oh, we're just going to be naming Indian people we know now, aren't we? Should we ask... What the answer is? Yeah, Ravi Shankar. It's not Ravi Shankar. It is a young woman by the name of Nija Banut, and this report is about two things. It's about a devastating event and the brave young woman who was involved. Awesome. Okay. And what was the the award is for? It's uh, it's their highest peacetime gallantry award. It's essentially for like bravery or, or um, yeah. Yeah, the kind of thing I you could see me winning. Exactly right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Might get in contact with the organisers, find out why I haven't. Are you going to get? Well, have you have you conducted any bravery in India? Not in India. Yeah. Well, then that's probably you've done it for India. <laughs> I've, I've been brave every time he saved a kid yeah. uh, from walking onto the street. He said for India. Yeah. 
but um, you haven't done it in India, and I think oh, it's got to be in India. Yeah, I think oh, I might pop over. Yeah, pop over, do some bravery. I might go do some bravery over there. <laughs> what kind of bravery are you gonna do? Oh, um, stop a kid walking into traffic. Yeah, is one that I've heard of. Yep. Um, you know the list goes on, but yeah, uh, yeah. I I I don't know. Maybe I'll get some tips from this week's episode. Yeah, maybe. Oh, I don't know if you want to from this one. So it's a pretty wild story. It's been suggested by a couple of people. Uh, Luke Holhouse and Garrett Coates have suggested this topic. And um, it's essentially centred around this young woman, Nija Banut. Um, She's the, as I said, youngest recipient of India's highest peacetime gallantry, um, the Ashoka Chakra Award, um, as well as several other accolades from governments of Pakistan and the United States. Matt, have have you got those ones? Yeah, I think I've collected most of those. You've got um, high high accolades from Pakistan and the US. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Where else have you got accolades from? Uh, Ivory Coast. Yep. Wow. You also just won Best Show Title, apparently, in the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. Yeah. Jeff. yeah Best Show right. Title for Bravery. <laughs> <laughs> Bravest Show Title. <laughs> Imagine... Bravest effort. <laughs> oh, that would suck. That would hurt so <laughs> bad, wouldn't it? Hey, you hey, had a go. And it was ambitious. Mm. Nobody wanted to see what you were putting out there, yeah. but you did it anyway. Yeah. You didn't care that you failed. Yeah. No. And that's so brave. That's brave. So brave. Um, so, Nija was born in India in September of 1963. She grew up in Mumbai. And it was while she was attending St. Xavier's College that she was spotted one day by a modelling agent. She had quite a successful modelling career. And in 1985, when she was 22, she entered an arranged marriage, as was pretty standard, pretty custom at the time. Um, And as usual, her husband was sort of chosen by her family. But soon she discovered her husband was pretty abusive. He was mean. And in a real tradition-shirking move, she divorced him after two months, returning home to her parents. It also happened that in 1985... Pan American World Airways decided to hire an all-Indian cabin crew for its Frankfurt to India route. So any sort of flights going um, from India, they would usually sort of stop, yeah, in Frankfurt and then on to the US. So Nija applied and she was successful. I do not understand geography. Yeah. That's in, that's in a, is that in a somewhat straight line? It, who India, are you looking at? Where, right, how Dave, dare you look at me as you ask that India question? India to Frankfurt to the US. Yeah, you go up into Europe, refuel for a bit, then go right across the Atlantic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was just Easy. double checking. Easy peasy. Sometimes it's braver to tell you people when you don't know something. <laughs> oh my God, that's so true. Yeah. And I didn't know. I didn't know. I just, I read it. That's brave. And I Jess. believed it. Yeah, that's brave. Thank you. To blindly believe yeah. is brave. And I do it so often. Mm. I, I read something, <laughs> I see a TikTok and I go, well, that must be true. <laughs> And that must be the only way you can do things. Yeah. And there must be no wiggle room in no. that thing that that person is saying. <laughs> so, I guess I can't eat carbs ever again. They said it very confidently. <laughs> <laughs> they said if I just do this particular combination of things on a stair machine at the gym, I'll have abs. Oh, my God. That says a lot about my algorithm. i got to watch that corner <laughs> of TikTok. Yours, yours are mostly stair machine videos. Stair machine um what I eat in a day videos where people just tell you what they eat in a day. Really? I don't right. care. And is it like interesting? Like they've eaten like a, a, a fucked up amount of food. <laughs> no, it's usually like they haven't eaten enough. Oh. Like I'm watching that going, oh, it's, you haven't eaten enough today. But they're going, see you tomorrow. And I'm like, oh, that's bad. <laughs> you're, gonna, you're not looking after your body. 
I was thinking it was going to be like the rock on a cheat day or something. Yeah. And you're like, wow. Wow, the rock. 6,000 pancakes. No, it's always a, a, a woman who lives in an uninteresting city in the US and <laughs> <laughs> takes lots of videos of herself in activewear <laughs> and eats acai bowls. Wow, what's, your, what's the least interesting US city to you? <laughs> <laughs> what's the most boring one? <laughs> I don't know. Somewhere in Utah or something? I don't know. Cop that Utah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just funny. Oh, the Beehive State. Come on. Are you on TikTok now, Matt? No, I'm on uh, Google Maps. Oh, yeah. Oh, you looking at India? I just want to picture it. Looking at Frankfurt? Frankfurt. Can't find a way. Well, Google Maps hasn't heard of planes. Come on. Yeah, Google Maps isn't great when you're like, I just how long would it take me to fly from here to here? And it's like, you can't, you can't get from... That place to that place. You no, know, you can. You can't. But you could take an Ola or a Diddy <laughs> ride. <laughs> yeah, it's always they'll, like... It'll only cost you 8,000 euros. You, did you want me to call you a Diddy? <laughs> 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 no, Google. No. Figure out what a plane is, you idiot. <laughs> so anyway, she's got the job with Pan Am. Um, so she goes to Miami, Florida for training. Love it. Returns from Florida, not just with training as a flight attendant, but as a head purser. Just essentially like she'd be senior flight attendant. She's she's in in charge, acting as head of the cabin crew. Nice. So she got to work, working flights between Mumbai and other parts of the world and continued her modelling career alongside her job at Pan Am. Sounds bloody delightful, doesn't well, it? Well, she's a triple threat. She's a steward, she's the head steward, mm-hmm. and she's a model. And a divorcee. <laughs> yeah. God. Quadruple threat. She can do it all. Dave, so you're the closest one of us three to being a divorcee. <laughs> <gasps> I'm, uh, you're two steps away. I'm only one step away. <laughs> <laughs> At any given time, I am two steps away from being a divorcee. <laughs> Imagine that. One step from being a hunky divorcee. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a rebrand I'm hoping to avoid. <laughs> oh, okay. You want to stay married, do you? Yeah, so Bloody far it's great. Hell. So far, it's great. You get to go to Paris. He loves being a hunky husband. He loves being a hunky hub. (laughs) (laughs) This report's about to get quite bad. Okay. Um, Bad or dark? Dark. Okay. Not bad. Poorly written. (laughs) As in badly researched, poorly (laughs) written. Poorly written. written. Haven't proofread this. (laughs) Yeah. So, just the, you know. Great. So, let's remember the good times. Good times. You know, she's she's left a bad man. She's got a great career. She's young. She's modeling. She's a flight attendant. She's having a great time. Great. Um, but that brings us to the main event of this report. So Pan Am Flight 73 was a flight from Bombay, India to New York with scheduled stops in Karachi in Pakistan and Frankfurt, Germany. Jeez, they love Frankfurt. <laughs> they love it. Um, Nija was a senior flight purser on September 5th, 1986 when Pan Am Flight 73 landed in Karachi at 4.30am carrying 403 passengers, an American flight crew and 13... In- Indian flight attendants. 109 of the passengers disembarked at Karachi. And so, like, not everybody's... I mean, barely anybody's doing that full right. trip. You know, people are stopping in Karachi. There's some. There's a bunch of English people who were having a holiday in India that are stopping in Frankfurt and then going to London from there. Gotcha. So, yeah, that's why there's quite a few stops. That makes sense. But the crew, or, like, the, I think the flight attendants do... Surely they can't do all of that. There must be swaps at different times. Um, but yeah, that's sort of where the plane goes anyway, with different different crews. So yeah, about a hundred people get off, and this is this is a thing, right? There's 
a f- quite a few resources about this, but a lot of them have the exact same wording as each other. So one of them was first and others have sort of written articles based off that article. Some of the numbers change a fair bit in terms of like how many people were on board, etc. So I've done my best to try and get it as accurate as possible. But Did like, you just uh, add them all together, get an average for each of the numbers? Is that what you did? Oh, that's good. You added actually. them all together. You didn't get the average though, did you? I just added them all together. <laughs> so there were 9,000 people on this flight. <laughs> yeah, is that, not, is that not right? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, um, 100 people get off uh, at Karachi and a fresh busload of passengers are making their way across the tarmac to board the plane around 6 a.m. At the same time, however, two Pakistan Air Force... Uh, Two Pakistan airport security force officers drove quickly towards the aircraft, lights and sirens blaring. Something's going on. Whoa. As the two men rushed up the ramp onto the plane, it quickly became clear that they were not security officers, but in fact, hijackers. Oh, no. So they've uh, hijacked a security car on the way there. They've, it's not even, I don't even think they hijacked a security car. I think they made a car look like... Right. Um... The security cars looked so and the they got through was, a checkpoint. Siren was going, It had a homemade spoiler on the back. <laughs> <laughs> and a lightning bolt up the side. Yeah. And they got through the security checkpoint and went, hey. It was just a cardboard thing. Their legs are coming out the bottom. <laughs> straps over the side. Broom, broom. Toot, toot. Let us in. And the other security guards said, yeah, I see nothing wrong with this. Yeah, great. This makes sense to me. They were joined by two other men one of whom had a briefcase full of grenades, which is not what you want to have in a briefcase. Wow. No. What sort of business is he conducting? Yeah. yeah. An arms dealer? Should be full of pens. Every time I see like, a man with a briefcase, which you don't see as much anymore, I feel. I saw one on the plane when I was going overseas, and I thought to myself, you don't see that very often. <laughs> no, you don't see him anymore. Just loaded up the briefcase up top. My dad always had a brief- took a briefcase to work every single day, come home with his briefcase. The sound of opening a briefcase, like, it's... <sighs> Yeah. yeah, my dad. My dad was a teacher, and he had a briefcase, really, like a brown leather briefcase. Yeah, click. You don't see him that much. And anymore. I just assume that's what I was going to do as an adult: have a briefcase. Yeah, go off to work. Do you think we don't <laughs> whatever s- what means? Do you think we don't see him as much anymore because like everything's on your phone or on a computer? Yeah, and bags—they just made more comfortable bags. Yeah, like a satchel. You can or a backpack. Put, put things in a backpack. Yeah, like you can yeah. Put yeah. grenades in a backpack. Yeah, exactly. You get a laptop bag and you're good to go. You don't need your whole briefcase. Yeah, oh, that's sad for briefcases. I know it? the briefcase yeah. industry. No one talks about the it. The attaché. Went the way of the horse and cart. But I, I imagine every time I see a briefcase, I imagine there's like three <laughs> pieces of paper in there. Not a bunch of grenades, you know? I'm like, there's a pen. There's three pieces. You still love about horse and cart? Yeah, because I was listening to last week's episode on the drive here and Matt referenced a horse and cart then as well. <laughs> so they're always on my mind. He's obsessed. When I've been people talking, I'm always thinking about, you know, the... You know, oh, cars, they're great, aren't they? But let's just spare a moment for the horse and cart oh, industry. that's right. He said the kids won't learn about horse and carts. Yeah, that's right. Like, why do they bother teaching handwriting these days? <laughs> you don't bother teaching about the horse and cart industry anymore. <laughs> they don't teach a kid how to... Oh, that's good. ...how to attach a horse to a cart. So, anyway, now there's... there's um, so four, four Four, men? yes. So, the two, the two original ones wearing the security outfits were brandishing guns, firing shots into the air. Oh, gosh. Are they Texan cowboys? It's, it's a bit odd. Gunfire struck and killed two Kuwait airline staff members working on an aircraft nearby. And flight attendants were forced to close the plane door, but luckily 
Nija was out of sight of the hijackers and relayed the hijack code to the cockpit crew, alerting them to the situation. The hijack code? Yeah, there's like a code that she could... Because it's probably like, especially if you're in front of the hijackers and they're saying, get the crew out here, you can't be like... Right. Hey, um, some hijackers Was here. Was it in Pig Latin or something? Yeah, maybe. Hijack <laughs> <laughs> it, hey. <laughs> well, it's like some sort of code like, oh, would you like some cheese and bicky? Yeah. <laughs> what yes. You, what how many? Four with machine guns. <laughs> <laughs> Four cheese and bickies with machine guns and... Uh, and some grenades. Grenades, yes. <laughs> mm. Like a bag of grenades on the. I mean, yeah, you know, cracked pepper. So, would you like cracked pepper on the cheese? Oh, it's a sand grenade. Hand grenades on the cheese. <laughs> it's just like this really elaborate. That they've got a menu with yeah, the code. Honestly, it was probably like a code brown or something, yeah. you know? <laughs> Salmon and cucumber. Oh, no, rocket launcher. Oh, no. <laughs> How do you actually offer the captain lunch then? <laughs> Foot long baguette. Oh, oh no. Can I get you a tea or coffee? Oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. So <laughs> Call the <my> sugar. <laughs> <laughs> so just, just to recap, so she's outside of the pl- – like they've closed the doors so the hijackers can't get in? No, the hijackers are in and they've said close the doors. Okay, gotcha. Um, so that they're all sort of – because they want to – they want – to be on the plane and the plane take off and off we go. So the hijackers are on and they've, yeah, to, to I guess sort of protect themselves from anybody, any actual security guards outside being able to yep. shoot at them or whatever. So they're all inside the plane. And, yeah, luckily they haven't spotted her yet. So she's able to get to an intercom and tell the cockpit what's happening. And what that means is... So they just hit the ejector seat. <laughs> well... <laughs> Leave everyone to... to You're not far off. It's not ejector seat, but the pilot, co-pilot and flight engineer were able to evacuate the aircraft out of an emergency hatch overhead, which um, one of the flight attendants, Sunshine Vesuala, was instructed by one of the hijackers to take them to the captain. And once they entered the cockpit, she said, I noticed immediately that the escape device in the cockpit had been deployed. I noticed that the evacuation hatch on the ceiling of the cockpit was open, but I pretended not to. I wanted to give the pilots time to escape in case they were still in the Amazing. process of climbing down the ropes outside the plane. That's badass. So is she just like looking around the, the cockpit, like opening stuff? Uh, maybe they're in here. <laughs> <laughs> maybe this drawer? No. Oh. Oh, sorry, don't Pilot. mean to interrupt you. <laughs> Yoo-hoo. Yeah, so they're, so they're like, I mean, that's they're going, we leave and then they can't force us to fly the plane. Exactly right. It's not like they're cowardly leaving. No, no, yeah, no. They're no. doing that to stop everyone on the plane from being flown somewhere dangerous or whatever. Exactly right. And so, and and some people criticised the pilots for leaving the plane, but Sunshine says, I was relieved when I saw the pilots were gone as we were all safer on the ground than the, we would be in the air. And yeah. in any case, at least the three pilots were safe. Three lives would be saved. So, yeah, it immobilises the plane. They can't go anywhere. And that was the whole plan, which I'll, I'll get to. Um but, yeah, it's another flight attendant added, the pilots evacuating the airplane meant that we were not at the mercy of the terrorists who could have instructed the plane to be flown into a building or, or could have been blown up in flight, mid-flight. So it was better that they were on the ground. So it was good that the the pilots got out. Yeah. What what year are we talking? 86. 86. Mm. A good year. Oh, generally speaking. For generally mu- speaking. For music. Oh, yeah, fantastic year for music. some great pop hits that year. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> 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 sure, Madonna was doing something about that time. Wham! I was going to say wham. <laughs> <laughs> we just get each other. So I reckon cute. Molly Ringwald would have been top what? of the box office 
somewhere. Yeah. Breakfast, Breakfast Club would have been around that time. Yeah, for sure. Heaps of good stuff on the go. Saints were having a tough year in the footy. Oof. Were the they? 80s, that was a dark decade. Not for a the good Saints. year for Saints. Dark no. decade, really? Yeah, I think we've won five or six wooden spoons, maybe that decade. Yeah, they're going to say five or six games. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah it's probably about the same. So, yeah, with the escape of the pilots, the planes are mobilized, like we're saying. Didn't take long for the hijackers to realize the flight crew were gone. And so they would be forced to negotiate with officials in order to get a new flight crew into the plane. <laughs> To fly it. Oh, they've got to conduct interviews. Yeah. Oh, how awkward. Oh, God. We were send just going to go with the guys who were left here, but all right. right. Send them out. Tell us about yourself. Yeah. Why should we pick you? It's not just about qualifications. It's more about getting the, someone with the right vibe. Yeah, that's yeah. right. You know, it's, it's so much of that sort of job interview process is actually about culture fit. Yeah. Exactly. And then maybe you should ask me questions. Treat it yeah. like you're interviewing me as well. Exactly right. We're a tight-knit group. We yeah. just want to make sure you're the right fit pretty progressive boss i actually have references my of my own of people who have worked for me um if you wanted to have a chat to them yeah, fantastic yeah they, he, <laughs> that's such a funny thing it's like i'm very progressive here's some people saying nice things about me yeah, yeah, yeah. that's so progressive yeah, of you i mean that's like that's your resume anyway isn't yeah it? like right. it's all people who are going to say nice things here are some previous hijackers i've worked with <laughs> they said i was very cool and calm i did what they said yep i was um you know i followed orders calmly who here knows how to fly a plane? I reckon that'd be a big question they would have been asking. Yeah, just in case. Someone puts their hand up and their wife just slaps <laughs> it down. <laughs> yeah. No. Shut up, Jerry. <laughs> You've played a, a flight simulator. Yeah, that's not true. Um, it was a birthday present. You are not a pilot. Um. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether it's your first ever website or your business is expanding, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website and engage with your audience. Upload video content, organize your video library, and showcase your content on beautiful video pages. You can even sell access to your video library by adding a paywall to your content. Cha-ching! <laughs> you can help with written content on your website with Squarespace AI, which I used to write this next sentence, so check this out. Generate instant, personalized results that know and show your brand identity. Explain what your site is about, choose your tone, and enter what you need to get short or long-form text. Squarespace AI... Squarespace AI makes it easier to go live, stand out, and succeed online. Oh, Dave, if only it could also not just write it, but read it too. <laughs> and edit it. <laughs> hey, sell exclusive content on your site by adding a paywall to sell memberships or courses. Or sell files your customers can download like PDFs, music, or eBooks. Man, it's starting to sound like I'm obsessed with money. <laughs> <laughs> and you are. So head to squarespace.com slash do go on for a free trial and to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Um, yeah, you know how like if there's a medical emergency on a plane, like is there a doctor? Oh, I've had that before. Have you? Yeah, so it's in the middle of the night flying really? from Melbourne to Europe a few years ago and 
we get like a everyone's asleep and then it's like, ladies and gentlemen we're just wondering if there is uh, any uh, any doctors on board oh any doctors on, and it, you don't want to hear it you're thinking oh my no. god and then about 20 minutes later ladies and gentlemen just letting you know we have to make an unscheduled stop <gasps> an emergency landing in Colombo and Sri Lanka because that was basically the closest airport and um, yeah someone had to be taken off because they were having uh, heart issues oh my god and as they're being taken off you know I'm looking away you don't want to you don't want to you know yeah. Look at that. Someone gets their phone out, starts filming oh, the person being loaded Lord. into an ambulance. Absolutely wild. Always so. TikToking. Yeah, you always got to be TikToking. <laughs> but so, do, do you think there was there was a doctor or there's always like the I think surely in a in a plane where you've got hundreds of people, yep. you're going to have a nurse, yeah, or a doctor, doctor. Of, of, of media, or yeah, <laughs> yeah <that's laughs> a philosophy right. doctor. Ah, uh, yes, yes. <laughs> oh, so is medical there a, doctor. <laughs> I've asked my chiropractor about that. I was like, um, do you ever, if people say Mr. Nelson, do you correct them and say doctor? And he goes, fuck no. Because <laughs> it'll it'll be when I'm on a plane and they're like, oh, Dr. Nelson, we have a medical emergency. He's like, I know CPR. <laughs> or to adjust their spine. I can crack their yeah. back. Yeah. Crack the back. So I, I'm not sure. And this, the sad thing is, because you, you don't know that person, yeah. I never know what happened to them. I know. I, fingers crossed that it was all good, but. Yeah, that's a scary thing to hear. Yeah, you hear it and you go, oh, You're no. not following the right people on social media. There would be <laughs> multiple. <laughs> Isn't it? It's a funny instinct to be like, that person's in dire trouble. This could be good content. Be good yeah. Content. yeah. <laughs> people well, here process I am. Here things I am. in a lot of different ways. Here I am dining out on the story six years later. So <laughs> 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 we, all, we all get content in different ways. <laughs> cool. Yeah, that is very... See, but, yeah, but they were instant, you though. bide your time. And that's what we appreciate yeah, about right. you. <laughs> Um, so the hijackers were part of the Abu Nadal organization, a Palestinian terrorist organization backed by Libya. Their plan was to reroute the, uh, the flight to Cyprus and Israel in order to free Palestinian prisoners, as well as to revolt against the United States by executing passengers of Western origin. Okay. That is scary shit. Yeah, it's a bit full on. So they moved the first class and business class passengers back to the middle of the plane, brought oh, the people from the back forward. No. I know. Back into economy. Yeah. It's like, oh. I paid for this flight. <laughs> Kill me now. I haven't even had my brekkie. I'm not going back there. Nothing you can do will make me go back there oh, with no. those poor people. <laughs> <laughs> and then did you say the people at the back got brought to the front? Yeah, everybody's just sort of, it's so they're all in one area. Oh, okay. I thought that they were liberating the poor. Because it's like a 737, so they've brought everybody into one section. Yeah. Um, which means there's not enough seats for people. So people are sitting on the floors, in the galleys, by the doors. <laughs> I was in a flatbed minutes ago. Yeah. And now I'm on the floor. Uh, okay, I'll move, but can I still have my mimosa? <laughs> yeah, please. <laughs> Keep them coming. I don't know how to start my day. Um, and so, yeah, it just kind of it, it became. Mimosa's code for something real bad. Though. Yeah, it's not good. <laughs> Everyone shudders. <gasps> oh. Um,. So it's a bit. It becomes a bit of this stalemate where they're kind of negotiating with people on the ground, and uh, it, it, this all happened at like six a.m. By the way, six a.m. Yeah, and by ten a.m., one of the hijackers ordered twenty-nine-year-old Rajesh Kumar, who was a Kenyan-born Indian who had recently been naturalized as an American. Uh, they ordered him to come to the front of the aircraft. He was then forced to kneel at the front doorway of the aircraft with his hands behind his head. Oh. The hijackers who were negotiating with officials, in particular um, Viraf Daroga, uh, the head of Pan Am's pa- uh, Pakistan operation, stating that if the crew was not sent on the plane within 30 minutes, then Kumar would be shot. Oh, wow. no. 
Because he was an, he was a, a naturalized American. He's an American. How'd they They're know? targeting Americans. No idea. I have to know. Interesting to note that the um, the lead person on the ground negotiating was the head of Pan Am's Pakistan yeah. operation. So I not know. not like a police officer yeah, or anyone representing the government or anything like that. It is just someone. From Pan Am. From Pan Am, yeah, wow. Yeah, it was a bit. Of, I mean, I'm sure there there must have been officials there, and I think like the um, part of the military was sort of sent out. But it's a really delicate sort of hostage situation when you've got a plane full of people. Yeah. So yeah, they couldn't exactly just like barge in. But it is interesting. I know that like head of Pan Am is there. Um. So they said thirty minutes. You got to get us a flight crew, or we'll shoot this guy. But shortly after, the hijackers became impatient and shot Kumar point blank and then threw him out of the plane door onto a ramp below. Um, Pakistani personnel on the ramp reported that Kumar was still breathing when he was placed in an ambulance, but he was pronounced dead on the way to the hospital in Karachi. So just awful. Horrendous. And so Nija and two other flight attendants were ordered to begin collecting the passports of every passenger on board. Now, they feared for the safety of their 44 American passengers on board, so they hid the American passports under seats, in the galley, in their clothing, and down rubbish chutes. They just took all the American ones and hid them to protect them, which is pretty, like, if you're caught doing that Mm. as well, you're you're risking your own life in doing that, but they're like, no, we've got to protect them. So the hijackers are then unable to find Americans because they don't know who's who. So they turned uh, to the British, essentially. There's a, a man named Michael John Thexton was returning home to England after spending a holiday in Pakistan. And he was asked to come to the front of the plane where one of the hijackers, Safarini, asked Thexton if he was a soldier and if he had a gun. And Thexton replied no. He asked Thexton if he was married and talked to him um, about how he didn't like all this violence and killing and said that Americans and Israelis had taken over his country and left him unable to lead a proper life. And eventually, Thexton's just taken back to his seat. Very kind of strange behaviour. Oh, okay. So they're like taking one guy and shooting him on the spot, having a chat with another, and that's somehow more unnerving than if they were just consistently violent because it means they're unpredictable. Totally. Mm. And that would happen in an action movie too with like a the head bad guy is so scary and unpredictable nice to some people and yeah. then you think he's going to kill someone else and he goes hey one more thing do you want a can of coke yeah just building the tension yeah. and then they w- oh okay and let them let them go but that's exactly they, they ask Thixon, do you want a glass of water or something oh Can man because you're thinking oh no do you, are you married you'd be thinking fuck they're going to kill me oh, yeah so strange um, from an article from the BBC it says over the next few hours on the upper deck Safarini let he- his guard down several times, Sunshine says. He joked and flirted, invited her to go with him to Cyprus and promised to teach her to swim. Sunshine remained alert. At one point, she looked longingly at the emergency axe in a glass box in the cockpit. Safarini, mid-joke, caught her and immediately pointed a gun at her head. Don't even think about it, he said. So they're just so, like, erratic and inconsistent it is like yeah really unnerving that he's sort of like he's flirting with her and he's like hey come to cyprus i'll teach you to swim and he's like telling jokes and then threatening her and it's very strange and pretty wild at one point the hijackers threatened that if a pilot didn't arrive soon a passenger would be shot every 15 minutes i don't believe that did happen um but it was more of that erratic unpredictable behavior 
that, yeah, would have made it a deeply stressful time. It would be deeply stressful regardless, but it's sort of, you know, you're kind of even more on edge. Sure. Um, Nidra and the other flight attendants handed out food and water, trying to keep people as calm as possible as the ordeal continued into the night. Remember this started about 6am. This entire time, the air conditioning and lights had been on in the plane, and as evening set in, the onboard power supply started to dwindle. The lights got dimmer and the cool air stopped circulating. There was a flight mechanic on board and he told the hijackers that when the power died, the emergency power would kick in and it would last about 15 minutes or so before the aircraft would be completely dark. So essentially, they're running out of time. Right, they're going to need someone to jumpstart the plane. Yeah, (laughs) get another plane in, back it up. (laughs) Back it it up. Near a hill? Oh, yeah, (laughs) rolling start. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. Are there often hills on runways? Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's usually a hill at like Depends one Depends on the city. Melbourne's very flat, but, you know, uh, Wellington, I think, is quite hilly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, to, just to get a plane started. At around at around 9pm, the power did run out. Emergency lights came on. Um, this is from a, a website I found. Uh, it's pretty interesting. It's got a heap of sort of different stuff um, on there. It's called wikipedia.org. Okay. Oh got all sorts of like i don't know tidbits and about aviation mostly aviation yeah yeah yeah, great. yeah. Oh, that's, that's sorry cool. almost exclusively aviation that's yeah. great oh fantastic um so from wikipedia.org it Wikipedia. says with the, with the plane out of power and sitting in near darkness a hijacker at the l1 door said a prayer and then aimed to shoot at the explosive belt worn by another hijacker near the door the intent was to cause an explosion massive enough to kill all passengers and crew on board as well as themselves Since the cabin was dark, the hijacker missed, causing only a small detonation. Immediately, the hijackers began shooting their weapons into the cabin at passengers and attempted to throw their grenades. Yet again, the lack of light caused them to not pull pins fully and to create only small explosions. Ultimately, it was the bullets that created the most damage since each bullet would bounce off aircraft cabin surfaces and create crippling shrapnel. Wow. So it sounds like that. So one of them just decided, I've had enough. Let's just start. Yeah, Let's it, end it. I wonder if it it feels like it wasn't really thought through because what you've you've raced up to the plane, started shooting your guns, very clearly made yourself obvious hijackers or mm. obvious terrorists. Yeah. Um, and then which the, gave the pilots a chance to flee. Exactly. So then the plane's just on the ground, and 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 you haven't even gotten close to your plan of. Rerouting it to Cyprus. Yeah, you're just you're stuck in one place because you were too, I don't know, brash, whatever. So yeah, maybe I I don't know how much of a, a solid plan was in place here, because yeah, it does sort of seem like well, there's no power. It's dark, which means they don't know what the passengers are doing, and they're outnumbered in a big way by all the passengers. So maybe in the dark now they're vulnerable too. Right, but then also the guy that's just shot at his. Mate, wearing mm. the bomb, wouldn't you just say to him, "Hey, pull the yeah, pull if they the bomb." Were on the same page, yeah, yeah, yeah that would definitely not. explode. But yeah. it's going to kill all of you, and not even you know we're near where you wanted to go. Like y- your mission has completely failed. Yeah, I guess you've gone. No, the mission's over. Yeah, let's kill everyone. And it's better to kill everyone than to give up. Or hmm. I know a bit of a strange one. Starting to think these guys are acting a bit illogically. Hmm. I'm going to give him a little bit more time. What, what <laughs> happens next? Time to decide. 
In the chaos, flight attendants and passengers scrambled to get the plane doors open and at least three of the doors were opened quite quickly. A couple of the doors were opened manually, which meant the emergency slide didn't deploy, but they're on the ground. Uh, yeah. So, um, uh, it's still, you know, it's still... It's a fair it's, jump. Oh, it's a fair drop, but like for quite a few of them, they were able to make the short jump out onto the wing of the plane. Oh, uh, yep. Um, or it was about, a, I think, a 15 to 20 foot drop to the ground. From, that's, from other doors. That's, that's significant. Oh, yeah. it's significant. Yep. Yeah, but like you'd risk a, a broken ankle over yeah. a, a, a bullet. You know, so people are going for it. Um, an airline ground staff member who was on the plane was able to open the R4 door, which, uh, and I think that was the one that the, um, the slide did deploy, which meant a, a lot of people got out that door. Right. So he saved a lot of lives there. Nija opened one of the airplane doors, and even though she could have been the first one to jump out and flee, she instead started helping the other passengers escape. According to a surviving passenger, she was guiding the passengers to the emergency exit. That is when the terrorists were firing constantly, fearing a commando attack. They saw Nija relentlessly trying to help three unaccompanied children out, and that is when they caught her by the hair and shot her point blank. Oh. Details are a little bit murky here because the BBC article written on the 30th anniversary of the attack, Sunshine says that when all the passengers were off the plane, she and some of the crew, not hearing any more gunfire, but not knowing where the gunmen were, went back into the dark plane to look for survivors. And Sunshine said she saw Nija, who was bleeding heavily but was conscious. Nija's colleague said she was still alive when she arrived at Karachi's uh, Jinhao Hospital. It was chaotic like a war zone in there. Nija may still have been alive if she'd been cared for right away because was, there was so many people Too being many taken injuries. there. Absolutely wild. So um, Nija did sadly pass away from her injuries, not even two days before her 23rd birthday. Fuck. And I know it seems like not the most um, uh, do-go-on kind of topic when I'm, I'm talking about the details of a horrendous terrorist attack, but... The fact that this young woman, she's 22, she's died protecting children, she's credited with, um, because again, some of the resources and some of the um, other flight attendants take credit for being the one to alert the um, pilots. They say it wasn't Nija, it was them. Regardless, all of these people did some amazing things and saved a lot of lives and Nija lost her life protecting kids. It's incredible. The Pakistan Army's Special Service Group, the SSG, they they were commandos and uh, there was the Pakistan Rangers as well, were alerted to the situation very early on and after the chaos of shots being fired and bombs going off, the SSG stormed the plane and seized the only remaining hijacker on board. Three others were nabbed as they tried to flee the airport. Oh, they thought they could get away. So they kind of got out in the emergency exits as well and, and, and tried to run for it. Yep. But they were caught. One was still on the plane. Um, the four hijackers and a fifth accomplice who was arrested a week later were convicted in Pakistan in, in 1988 for their roles in the hijacking and the murders and sentenced to life in prison. According to a CNN report, Safarini, seems like he was kind of the head of it, was handed over to the FBI from a prison in Pakistan in September 2001. He was taken to the United States where on May 13, 2005, he was sentenced to 160 years in prison, which he's serving wow the, the other four hijackers were deported by pakistani authorities to palestine in 2008 but were released by palestinian officials 
They remain at large today and are still listed on the FBI's most wanted terrorist page. Wow. So th- uh, four of them are just out in the world, which is crazy. Yeah, pushing towards 40 years later. Yeah. And do we know how many people died? Yeah, I'll um uh I'll get to that. And that's that's one of the numbers that it's like you get a few different figures. Sure. So, and I mentioned at the start that this terrorist group were believed to be backed by Libya. And Libya had been accused of sponsoring the hijacking, this hijacking, as well as carrying out the bombings of Pan Am Flight 103 in 1988, so a couple of years later, and UTA Flight 772 in 1989. Um, In August of 2003, they accepted responsibility for the actions of its officials for the bombing of Pan Am Flight 103, but was silent on this particular hijacking, Flight 73. Um, And so in in June of 2004, a volunteer group of families and victims of the incident formed to work towards a memorial for those killed in the incident to seek the truth behind this terrorist attack and to hold those responsible. On April 5th, 2006, a law firm, uh, Crowell & Mooring, LLP, representing the surviving passengers, um, announced it was filing a civil suit in the US, uh, seeking $10 billion in compensation uh, from Libya. But I, again, I don't even really think anything's or much has come from that. So like I was saying before, I've read very contradictory numbers. Some sources say 20 people were killed. Others say 50. I think it's probably 20. Um, and the number of people on board was either 380 or 360. So it... Most sources say 100 passengers were injured, which is pretty amazing given that there's shrapnel and bullets yeah, I flying was, everywhere. I mean, it's awful that anyone died, of course, but I thought that it, most of them were, it, when there's explosions and bullets fired on a plane in such a small space. Yeah. Wow. So if you, and, and yeah, you would, <laughs> ideally, zero lives would be lost. But when you look at the numbers of, say, there's 360 on board and 20 people have died, um, it's incredible that that... Because uh, flight attendants and also just passengers were able to get the doors open and everybody could get out. It's incredible. So for her bravery, the government of India posthumously awarded Nija Banut the uh, Ashoka Chakra Award. It's, as I was saying, India's highest gallantry award for bravery in the face of the enemy during peacetime. So that's what it's specifically for. I don't think I'm going to win this one. You don't reckon you could get you could be brave in the face of enemy during peacetime? Nah. You don't need you, you don't need all the awards. You've got enough. Yeah. Man, I just think you need to believe in yourself. I think uh, I just don't I, I don't know. Maybe. Let's see. <laughs> Hopefully we don't have to see. Never say never. She's the youngest recipient of this award and the first female recipient of the award. Mate, so what a freaking badass. Yeah. So cool. And that's why people... So s- sad. It's so sad. And this is why people suggested the topic because it was such a brave and amazing thing to do. And even though in accounts that have sort of happened in the last few years, you know, people... Okay, so a movie came out in 2016 about... It's called Nija and it's about this attack and, and it's quite specifically, obviously, about her life. And... Yeah, some some people who I think were working on the flight as well kind of criticised it as like she wasn't the only one who like did brave stuff. And it's a bit like, okay, nobody thought she was single-handedly doing it, but she lost her life. Yeah. She lost her life um, uh, trying to protect the passengers, um, which it seems she did. 
don't think that's a battle you want to... Yeah, surely take, giving her credit is not taking credit away from anyone else. Exactly right. Yeah, I think that's that's the better way to say it. So after her death, her family set up the Nija Banut Trust with um, insurance money and the trust presents two awards every year, one for a flight crew member worldwide who acts beyond the call of duty and another, which is the Nija Banut Award, to an Indian woman who, when faced with social injustice, bravely faced the situation and helped other women in similar social distress. Oh, that's great. What a great legacy. Yeah, Yeah. great tribute to her. A really nice tribute. In 2006, she and the other Pan Am Flight 73 flight attendants and Pan Am's flight director for Pakistan were awarded the Special Courage Award by the United States Department of Justice. And, yeah, the film I just mentioned came out in 2016, a, um, a biographical thriller called Nija. And maybe the most touching tribute to her life and sacrifice is that one of the children that she um, was protecting when she died grew up to be a pilot and credits his life to her. Wow. Which is really, really nice. So, yeah, a little – sorry, it was was a dark story, um, but I don't know. When when, um, Luke and Garrett suggested it, it grabbed my attention because I wanted to tell more stories about – badass women i feel like we haven't really told many stories about women from india people from india so i thought that would be a kind of interesting story and um do i regret it a little bit maybe why that was a fantastic story yeah just like in in terms of uh, yeah gripping yeah and i i hadn't i hadn't heard of the event at all obviously it was long before i was born because i'm incredibly young and um, <laughs> so, I don't and she sounds like an amazing person. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, that is the story of Nija Banut and um, Pan Am Flight seventy three. That's a great, great report, Jess, and probably a good time to remind people that if you have an idea for a topic um, that you'd like us to do, anyone can submit them at any time at dogoonpod dot com. There's a little tab for submit a topic, and you can even tell us why we should do it because there's thousands of entries. But I'm not sure what caught your attention about it. But sometimes when you we're scrolling through people have said why we should do the topic yeah do you know what it was i um searched in the hat for the phrase woman and just uh, had a bit of a look through because i was like i want to tell some more women's stories women right. of color send us those absolutely please, please, please. do do go on pod.com we'd love to love to hear those topics yeah wow that uh that was a uh, quite an incredible story bit heavy yeah, but I, I, I think it's, I mean, you know, I think it's important for stories to be told. Yeah. I don't know if our podcast is necessarily always the best vehicle for those stories. Yeah. But I think, it, you know, it's it's cool that, I, I mean, I'm glad that I've, I know about her. Yeah. I think it's cool, it's it's cool for people like her to be remembered. Absolutely. Um, well, Bob, thanks so much for that great uh, report. That brings us to everyone's favorite section of the show. Uh, where we get to thank a lot of our great supporters who keep this show running. It goes for about 30 to 40 minutes, <laughs> <laughs> to be precise. And uh, so strap in and enjoy yourselves. Um, where, yeah, we thank a bunch of our supporters. You can support us if you want to at patreon.com slash dogoonpod or dogoonpod.com. And there's a bunch of different levels. You get different uh, rewards for supporting the show. Like there's a Facebook group you can uh, join, which we call the, the nicest corner of the internet. Uh, you get to help vote for topics. Um, at the moment, Dave and I, our show, our episodes are, um, are being put up to the vote. And and you can literally 
change what we do because my topic recently was won by a single vote. Ooh. My next one. There you go. So one person changed it all. That's great. Uh, and yeah, there's all sorts of other things as well. Bonus episodes. We do three bonus episodes per month. Um, and a bunch of things, including if you're on the Sydney Scheinberg Deluxe Memorial level, you get to give us a fact, a quote, or a question. This section actually has a little jingle that goes something like this. Fact, quote, or question. Bing. Uh, he always remembers the ding. And uh, on this section, if you give us uh, a fact, a photo, or a question, a fact, a quote, or a question. You could send us a bit of photo. We could describe it to people. That'd be, <laughs> oh, that'd be nice. Uh, and you also uh, get to give yourself a title. Uh, this week, um, as every week, I'll read out four. This week, starting with Murray Somerville, who's does great artwork. Oh, Murray's great. Incredible artwork. And the did the official Dugo on Christmas card. Yeah, That's right. She's got a lot of love and is still arriving to people. <laughs> <laughs> Even if you're listening to this in 2025, it's yeah. still arriving. It's funny because it, it arrived for some people in December. And then other people, you know, months into this year. But um, it's always the way. So good. I, I love Murray's style. Murray's uh, got the title uh, of that fifties ad man, and uh, <laughs> Murray's asking a question, which is, when you're a kid, what's some food your mum or dad made that just can't be beat, and to this day you still love. Uh, Murray looks like he answers the question. Want to hear Murray's Love that. answer? Yeah, please. Murray, tell us. Yeah, What's the specialty? We'll save uh, for Sydney Scheinberg. Fact, quote, or question. Give us always, if you ask a question, give us an answer. Uh, Murray says, Growing up, my mum made an incredibly tasty rissole and gravy dish. My rissoles are usually dry or crumble. Mums were always just perfect. Oh, that's lovely. That's nice. See you around like a rissole. One of the great sayings, <laughs> I think. <laughs> Um, yeah, well, I always loved my mum's trifle. Oh, yeah. That was Ooh. my favourite dessert as a my kid. My dad did a trifle in any family gathering. He'd be bringing the trifle. Yes. Yeah, that's good. And dad made uh, great pasties. Ooh. Big, big, long pasties, and they'd be cut up into three sections. And uh, I'd always want one of those end pieces because oh, you've yeah. got the extra bit of pastry. as that sort of the scrunch of pastry at the end, sort yeah. of um, the fold over bit. Oh, so good. Yum. Yum. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he, he had, he, Dad was cooked the dinners at our place and he had, that was probably maybe my favourite in his repertoire, but he had a bunch of great ones. That sounds yum. That sounds so good. Mum's um, oh, always been um, a very good cook, good scones. Um, but uh, one that I miss because I don't eat it anymore is like a, a, we called it like an Irish stew. It's a beef stew she used to make and it was... So oh, good. That sounds, man, sounds, that sounds so good. Sounds hearty. Yeah, yeah and it was like it was good stew. in winter, and you'd have it the first night with like maybe some mashed potato, but then it was even better the second day, and we'd have it on like buttery toast, Oof. which doesn't necessarily sound like it. Was sort that of sounds so good. good. That does sound good. Really it would have like big, big bits of potato and carrot, and it was oh. all slow cooked, so it all just fell apart. Delicious. That sounds awesome. Dad is like very good at. Um, uh, it's so dumb. He just likes thickly slices potatoes and puts them on the on the barbecue and we just call them dad's chips and they're always like a bit burnt and, <laughs> yeah. and i fucking love them and yeah. he, if i'm there he has to make like double because i'll eat all of them 
delicious. That's dad's specialty. What about you, Dave? I was also going to say my dad's barbecue potatoes. Yes! <laughs> which were always very well done, but very, very nice. Very very well done in both senses. Mm. Um, the other thing I, I remember from my dad is the nostalgia of if I ever had someone stay over at our house... Like for a sleepover. Ooh. The next day, Dad would always <laughs> not that kind of sleepover. No, no more. You mates. The V badge. Yeah. <laughs> firmly in place. Firmly in place. <laughs> and at that stage, I didn't know it'd be in place for many decades to come. <laughs> but the um, he would make pancakes in the morning. Yeah. And they would be not big pancakes, but pikelets, like oh. small Yum. ones. So everyone would get you know put four at a time, and it was cooked on like an electric s- stove that he plugged in and. That was the its sole purpose. Yeah, was cooking pikelets. <laughs> I love it. So oh, we great. never had a meal any other time cooked on there. So and because I don't have access to that anymore, I can't make them. You can't the same. have it. It's so nice. I used to. We had family friends who I would stay over at their place a lot because, like, this the dad of that family and my dad grew up together, um, and the ki- the kids were all the same age. So I stayed over there all the time, and every morning. Pat would make us pancakes, but they'd be like chocolate chip. Oh. And he'd like he'd make them in like I'd get a J and they'd get an S. You know, like we'd get the letters of our names and stuff. We'd be like, Ooh, it was I the love, best. I love that. The le- mum used to make a custard, just like a you know, just a hot bowl of custard for dessert <laughs> occasionally, yeah. and sprinkles in the letter of our oh. first initial of our names. So I get the M. And you'd sort of eat around the sprinkles on the M, and then eat the sprinkles. Isn't that cute? Yeah, real cute. it must be really nice as a parent when like your kids or even like your kids' friends and stuff are like looking forward to your specialty. Because yeah. I was like, are we having? Pancakes, yeah. Pat, are you making pancakes? I'm yeah, just so excited. There's a lot of times where you, you, I can remember to being ungrateful a bunch as well. 100%. Like, oh, we're we having that again? Yeah. And then thinking them. back to it now, you're like, I just spent ages making this, you little fuckhead. Yeah, you got to <laughs> eat. you got to <laughs> eat you imagine they, they wouldn't say it, but that must have been <laughs> in there. Surely. And your parents had four kids to feed yeah. and be like, shut up and I'd eat it. I'd love to go back sake. and just have a word to myself. Yeah. You shut up. Another one I always found fun. I, I loved it anyway. It was just funny to think back. It was uh, chili con carne, but without the chili or the carne. Because <laughs> carne <laughs> means meat, I think. See, so you just had the con. So it was basically just rice with a with a sort of a chili, with the, the kidney beans in the sauce. But it, event, when I stopped eating meat, he'd take that out. So he'd be like, it's chili con carne. Without, without the, the chili, <laughs> sounds and without the car, <laughs> they'd all have the the rest of the family have it with meat, but I'd have the. Oh, that's nice. Because yeah, around that time it was like you can start making your own dinner, but a, a, yeah. some of the dishes he could just easily take the meat or not put the meat in. Anyway, great question, Murray. Geez, that's taken me down a little place I like to call Memory Lane. Oh. Yeah, the the memories and the nostalgia associated with that is really lovely. Good question, uh, Gary J. From the UK, uh, aka Prisoner24601. That'd be a reference maybe Dave gets. You want to Google that? Uh, is that a reference to The Simpsons slash Les Mis? Oh, are you guessing or are you you're right confident in that? And uh, Gary's also asking a question. Gary J writes, So, Grey's Anatomy, Season 7, Episode 18. <laughs> the fl- Okay. The Flash, Season 3, Episode 17. Community, Season 3, Episode 10. Futurama, Season 4, Episode 8. Fringe, Season 2, Episode 20. Scrubs, I think, has he sent us a list? 
So what I, I zoned out because uh, just quickly. There's no is, introduction of this. It just goes oh, straight I, into a list I of thought I'd missed episodes. The bit where he Will said what these are. Will there be information at the end though? Well, I don't know. It's uh, Scrub season six, episode six. Xena Warrior Princess season three, episode twelve. Feels like he was meant to send this to his girlfriend or, or something. <laughs> hey, here's some episodes we should watch. Buffy season six, episode seven. What do all these have in common? I reckon they're going to be named the same thing. <laughs> Oh, he's given the answer. So do you want to have a... It's not named the same thing. They're it's directed... kind of... Kind of, you know, they're all genre episodes. Okay. Musicals. Musicals. Yes. Damn it! Well Dave, done. Dave, Dave, Dave. Fuck you. Sorry. And Gary's question is, <laughs> when are you going to do a musical do-go-on episode? Gary, I've broken into song too often <laughs> for you to ask that. You know it would be terrible. <laughs> yeah. He he's he's just at the end uh, doubted himself. Said, "Wait, is this a que- is this a suggestion or a question?" Uh, we missed our opportunity when we had um, an amazing singer, Michelle Brazier, on mm. the podcast. Um, yeah, oh, she'd be great. Put it I think Fast we, we could Furious, do musical. we could do a musical, but we would just have to cast people as us. Oh, that's good. Okay, you yeah, know so what I mean? Yeah, that could be all right. Yeah, I like um, it. Michelle can sing. You know, even just people that we've had on before. Cameron James can sing. All right, Cameron James can play... Oh, I'll probably play Dave. Yeah, I think so. I think that's more in his wheelhouse. Both pop-punk boys growing up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> totally. Uh, great question, Gary J. Hello, Gary. And uh, prisoner, prisoner 24601, that is uh, Jean Valjean in Les Mis. That's his prisoner number. Oh, which is then referenced on The Simpsons when uh, Principal Skinner is uh, at, the, at the fair and he finds his old... Vietnam helmet uh, for when he was a prisoner of war and it's prisoner 24601 and he says oh he puts it on that's my old helmet and then he says it's a small world isn't it and he says it really really is <laughs> whilst wearing the helmet anyway <laughs> good stuff good, good stuff, stuff. Uh, next one comes from Logan Husky who's Got the title of executive producer and authenticity consultant on the Do Go On porn parody. Do go on (laughs) and on and on. (laughs) Uh, And Logan's also asking a question, writing, Hey guys, I'm a huge consumer of pop culture and love a great twist in my movies and TV shows. My question is, if if you could have the knowledge of a particular plot twist removed from your memory... So you could enjoy it all over again fresh. What would it be? Oh, I guess a uh, quick spoiler alert. I was say, let's spoil three things. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I guess... Um, could you repeat that for me, please? Sorry. So, uh, basically, if you could go back and remove a plot twist so you could enjoy a movie or whatever yeah. again, what would it be? I was talking say about the this the other day. Say the title first and then give people a chance to skip forward 30 seconds before you say what the I guess you don't have to we say... We don't have to say what it is, say, yeah. Say well, what the plot twist is. Oh, that's is. true. Yeah, good call. Because uh, I, it's not even necessarily, uh, I guess, I was talking about this recently, not necessarily just for plot twists, but also just uh, shows I would like to watch for the first time again. Yes, I'm totally with you. I would love to watch Ted Lasso from, like, I would like to uh, wipe that from my brain and just watch it again. Not that there's twists and stuff, but I just loved that show so much and I, I can't, I can't ever have that feeling again. Yeah. Joy. Yeah, um, joy is one that you'll never feel. Yeah. And the other one for me, if I could wipe from my brain and watch again, would be The Good Place. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was, that was some good twists and turns in yeah. that. Yeah. Hmm. 
I would say for me it would be Agatha Christie's Death on the Nile. Oh, Which yep. is that the one you ruined for a lot of people? No, that was no, the that train was, one. That was the uh, Murder on the Orient Express. Which I watched recently. <laughs> We're going to go I watch... I forgot to tell you, I watched it. Oh, you went oh. and saw the new one? No, I watched the old one. With David Suchet? Or no. with Albert Finney? Or the old one as in the one from like four or five years ago. Yeah. Oh, sorry. The With Kenneth Johnny Branagh. Depp. Yeah. Kenneth Branagh. Yeah. That's the old one? Well, no, no, well, I didn't <laughs> know when it came out. Compared to the new, like, compared to Because the new one's Death on the Nile. Yeah. Which okay. Dave and I are going to go on a date and watch. Is it out? Have it's we missed out. it? Yeah. No, I think it's out now. Oh, great. Because that's my favourite David Suchet adaptation. Love that one. And I would love to not know. Yes. Who. That's good. Yeah. That, they're classic. And what? And how? Yeah. yeah. Um, that's nice. I can't, I can't think of any. Um, I'll tell you what um, Logan's written. Yeah. But Logan has gone into the twist, so maybe I'll try and avoid spoiling it. Oh, yeah. What uh, is it? Terminator 2. Uh, saying, by the time I first saw the movie on home video back in the day, it was already oh. such a part of the cultural zeitgeist. Uh, so, would love to feel the shock of, the, of there was a certain moment in a corridor. That he would love to see. I think it's. I think this is the kind of. I think it's the kind of spoiler that I haven't seen it. And I, I also didn't know. I didn't. It was spoiled well before I yeah, ever saw yeah. it. Yeah, Six Sense was spoiled. I've never seen it. I've never I seen never the same, to. exactly the same. Do you yeah. feel like there's no point? Yeah, I've never. Yeah, apparently that's the big. I mean, that's a big part of the movie, right? So yeah, yeah. I feel like it'll be incredibly I, obvious now that I know. I'd, uh, what about Shawshank Redemption? I saw that without knowing uh, a big thing that happens late in the movie. Um, and you know, I saw that well after it came out, and that was great. I was, I think, I watched it at school, and the rest of the class seemed to already know it was coming. I'm like, I'm so glad no one yeah. mentioned that because that was, I was like, whoa, <laughs> <laughs> how good is it to be alive? I was exhilarated. <laughs> oh, and that's where that catchphrase started. Yes, for that you. must have been it. <laughs> uh, thanks, Logan. Yeah, that's a good one. But yeah, I reckon, yeah, Shawshank Redemption. I remember that 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 would be fun to. Um, Enjoy that again for the first time. And mm. um, finally, from the fact quotes and questions, Sophie Shooter, aka Group Mum, uh, bracket. If you finish your homework and tidy your room, you can have a lollipop. Thank you, Mum. <laughs> Close Ooh. bracket. Uh, there's Sophie Shooter who helps run the uh, the snack swap in the in the Facebook group. Yeah. Uh, Sophie's got a fact, which is on the fifteenth of August, twenty twenty one. At 8.32 a.m. UK time, it was 17 degrees Celsius in Adelston, Adelston, Surrey. It was also 17 degrees Celsius in Margate, Kent, Melbourne, Toronto, and Billund in Denmark. I can only assume I was living a boring morning at work because I recently saw the screenshot I took of it to show people. That's right. I'm going for the extra title of Most Boring Fact 2022. <laughs> That's kind of cool. Yeah, it's fun. And it's fun that it's one you've just... Dis- looks like you've just discovered it by yourself. What was the date? August. August 15. Yeah, 17 degrees. I guess that. That's quite a lovely August day. <laughs> Yeah, we'll take that. In Melbourne? That's that's pleasant. But at, that's, sorry. at <laughs> that specific time as well, 8.32 UK time, it'd yeah. be evening Melbourne time, wouldn't it? That's a that's a balmy that's winter a nice, evening. Nice, nice uh, spring evening. No, winter evening. Winter, it's it? August. Yeah. End of winter. Yeah, which cool. is which also means in in uh, Surrey it was summer. Yeah. So, I get, But I guess different times of the morning as it's... About to heat up or whatever. No, it's probably, probably as hot as a summer day gets. <laughs> Thank you, Sophie, for that. 
I would call fun fact, but I don't have... Well, it's a bit of fun. Oh, thank goodness. Um, and it's nice as well that, like, she saw that at the time and went, oh, that's a bit of fun, and then got to relive that when she found the screenshot and went, oh, you know, that's yeah. nice. Yeah, I, like I think that. so too. Uh, the next thing we like to do is thank a few of our great supporters uh, who are on the shout-out level or above. Bob, you normally come up with a bit of a game for this. Yeah, I'm thinking um, what their the award that's named after them. What is it for? Great, fantastic. Uh, do you mind if I thank a few people first? I'd love that. Our great supporters. I'd love to thank firstly from Greensboro in North Carolina in the United States, Brandy Broyhill. Oh, that's a great name. BB. What about the? Uh, so we're saying the award. Yeah, the Brandy, Brandy Broyhill award for. Oh, um. <laughs> the Brandy Broyhill Award for Basketball Dunkery. Ooh, oh, nice. That's good. Have you Is ever it, dunked a basketball? Uh, not on a full, not You're, on a full size ring, but I've okay. dunked, I've dunked lower rings on children's. Nah, children's you know, like uh, yeah, you know, like sort of like look big children's <laughs> playgrounds. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. There was one in our primary school that was screwed into a brick wall, but it was near a ramp, so you could climb up the ramp oh, and then sort of jump over to it. That's good. Which was pretty fun. And one of my friends, uh, Matt, who listens to this show, he did that once and the wall came down on top of him and he broke his arm. Oh, my no. God. <laughs> I was going to say, it does sound very dangerous when you, when you <laughs> said it was screwed into a wall. <laughs> yeah, it pulled the brick, bricks down oh on top of God. him. Oh, my God. Bit of fun. Uh, thank you very much, Brandy Broyhill. Brandy Broyhill. I must say, there should be uh, a record for North Carolina being mentioned and no Why follow-up. Why, Dave, we That's nearly got away with it. That's a very good point, Brandy. <laughs> we nearly got away with it. Uh, as Brandy would know, uh, North Carolina, the fire trucks are blue. Apparently, someone messaged me a while ago and I... And I never really corrected, but it's only one small part of North Carolina. Yeah, yeah, That's I'm sure Fire engine, but still... In, tell me I'm wrong. Yeah. yeah, that's right. In North Carolina. Did he say in all of North Carolina, <laughs> every single every single fire truck in all of North Carolina? No. So no. he's not wrong. Not he's wrong. not wrong. If you're in North Carolina, <laughs> you have the chance to see a blue fire engine. I've definitely said it in a way that implies that it... But anyway, um, so <laughs> thank you very much, Brandy. I'd also love to thank from Claremont in Tasmania, Australia, Daniel Remington. Oh, Daniel Remington Award for Longest Mustache Hair. Oh, oh like one singular Single hair. Single hair. Get the Remington <gasps> de clippers onto it. Sort of. oh. Yeah. Or don't, actually. Don't, actually. No, don't. It's a record-holding mustache. The opposite of what that. Sort of, is there prize money with that award? Yeah. How much? One million dollars. Get the fuck out. Yeah, but the, the record is like, it's three metres long. So. Yeah. And, and the award it. is actually a big brass hair. <laughs> it would actually be really hard to, especially if it's one long hair... To to not accidentally clip it or it. yeah or just fall out like, you know, hairs yeah. just fall out would like That's just right. trip over it if it's that long. exactly step on it pull it out of your face ow, ow! no oh my record so that's uh, that's worth a million dollars I reckon uh, thank you very much Daniel and finally from me from Los Angeles La La Land as I like to call it in <laughs> California the United States it's Margot K the Margot K Award for Drinking the most milk. Oh, yeah. Wow. I yeah. could be up for that, I reckon. <laughs> you know what you get when you drink milk? Milk mustache. Oh, that's true. That is true. Margot K, I'm so sorry. Margot honestly. The first thing that popped in my head was milk. And All the way with Margot K. Are we thinking that Margot K was the first person to drink this much milk and that's why it's named after them? Or 
Did they sponsor the award? Oh, yeah, it's a sponsored award. So it's like Margot's Cafe has the milk co- drinking competition yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's great. Thank you so much, Margot, for your support. Jess, you want to thank a few people? I would love to. I would love to thank from Plainfield in New Hampshire, I'm guessing. NH. Yeah, I reckon. Uh, North Haverbrook. <laughs> Should I put it on the map? I'd love to thank Dan Dry. Dan Dry. Dan Dry. The commemorative medal for uh, longest socks. Longest socks. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, wow. The commemorative wow. medal for longest How long socks. Are these it's a knitting socks? award. Yeah. It's a knit off. So they gotta be the socks have got to be knitted in a in an allotted amount of time on stage at uh, Dan Dry's okay. barn and restaurant. <laughs> barn and restaurant. Barn and restaurant. And then you get a commemorative not come over. <laughs> yeah, you get a, yeah, you get the uh you get the Dan Dry commemorative medal if you've knitted the longest sock. Wow. In 18 seconds. 18 seconds, all you guys. <laughs> yeah, speeding it. They're speeding it. Because yeah. at first you think, wow, how, the sock's going to be super long. And then you're like, these couldn't even fit a baby. Because yeah. at one point, like long socks become pants or like long johns. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like socks can't go on forever if no. you're wearing them. Because you, you have other parts of your body. Unless uh, you got to just scrunch them all the way down, but it's scrunched all the way up to your crotch. Yeah. You know? It's fully, it's all scrunched. Full so scrunch. it's just pants. Yeah. But then you pull dick up those is out. socks, young man. <laughs> I can't pull them up any further. But then, yeah, because then you've, you've got to wear something else to cover your bits. Another sock. Long sock in, in some people's cases. <laughs> Red Hot Chili Pepper style. <laughs> Thank you, Dan. I'd also love to thank another one from Claremont in Tasmania. Bloody hell. I wonder if you know each other. And if you don't, um, hello, new best friend, <laughs> uh, Jessica Reynolds. Jessica Reynolds. The Jessica Reynolds Trophy for highest hat. <laughs> <laughs> My brain didn't let me down this time. <laughs> now, is that... Tallest hat or the hat is highest. So someone wore it like on a space shuttle or something. (laughs) (laughs) They get back from this space exploration (laughs) and their proudest achievement is just won the highest hat. Just won the Jessica Reynolds. Remember, I I have a memory of Googling for a previous Patreon shout out, the tallest hat in the world. (laughs) And it's a man who has made a 4.8 meter or 15 foot nine hat. I oh, was it. Was that on a? Was that a Patreon bonus episode where it was a? I feel like that might is have been vague. A, that's familiar. A who knew it with Matt Stewart episode where it was a world record for tallest hat. Yeah, maybe. No ideas and new ideas anymore. That's really funny. Let's and see if we can do better next time. This is a quote from GuinnessWorldRecords.com from Odalyn Ozair. Who made the hat? 40-year-old man. Hats have always been used to enhance the greatness of the wearer. The taller the hat, the greater the wearer. Who is the greatest American? Abraham Lincoln. (laughs) Why? In part, because of his top hat. (laughs) Yeah. Can't argue with that. Can't argue with that. The hat is... It's notable. uh, That is a high hat. But move over... Odalyn, we've got the Jessica Reynolds Award Award for highest hat. Thank you, Jessica Reynolds. (laughs) Not to be confused with the Jessica Reynolds Award for high hats, uh, which is a drumming award. (laughs) 
Finally for me, I would love to thank from Nuremberg in Germany, Anna and Lucas Spath. Anna and Lucas Spath. The Anna and Lucas Spath Award for bravery in the face of no obstacle. Oh, yeah. Wow. Just brave for the just sake brave. of it. Just brave. Just walk. Just, you know, just doing brave shit. <laughs> and brave subjective too. So it's really anyone's game. You know yeah. I mean? Yeah. Well, well done. I mean, Anna and Lucas all the way in Germany. Thank you so much for listening. Two very brave people are here. <laughs> Dave. Well, no, they're a war. They appreciate brave people. Yeah, they are cowards. Oh, <laughs> that's why. That's why they can, they give out this award because they they admire it in others. Yeah, Dave, bring it home. Bring us some new. Um, thank some people, would you? I would love to thank some new people. And I'm looking up where we are. Here we go. Sorry, I've lost my tab. I would like to thank from East York in Ontario, Canada, it is Sheila Donaldson Hartz. Oh, it's so close to hats. <laughs> <laughs> Sheila Donaldson Hartz. Sheila Donaldson Hart, the award for happiest dog. Oh. How do you measure this? Well, tail wag. Sheila's in charge. Oh, yeah, right. There's probably, probably got some sort of algorithm. Yeah. Maybe T- you put tail wag's on a big a, indicator. On a scale. Yeah, smile. Yeah. Um, it's a blood test. Yeah, blood test shows how happy they are. Yeah, okay. It's well, easy. I forget the science. Do this cat scan. Yeah. Bunce, Sorry, dog scan. Bunsen burner. <laughs> Look at his brain. Go, there's a happy dog. Yeah, unfortunately, Look. you only know after they die. Yeah. But it's a, it's a bit of a it's a consolation for a grieving family that their <laughs> dog she, was very happy. Sheila's she's Sheila's killing dogs <laughs> to find out how happy they are. And it keeps opening up the brains going, no, oh, this one was also scared and... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it seems to be begging for its life. I guess most recent <laughs> feeling was fear. <laughs> oh my god! This was, it was that was the most wholesome one, but came the darkest <laughs> one. Uh, Sheila, thanks so much. I'd like to thank from Beecroft in New South Wales. It is Maddie Bowalick. Maddie Bowalick, great name, Maddie. Yeah, that's really good. Um, I met the Maddie Bowalick Award for heaviest cow. Oh yeah. <laughs> And can you put things on the cow to increase its, <laughs> some, or do they have to be in the cow? Uh, I, w- I would w- don't put stuff on or in your cow. Okay, just feed your cow. Okay, so overfeed your cow. <laughs> overfeed your so cow. So it's don't in be pain. cruel to the cow. <laughs> overfeed your don't cow. put like a weight on your cow, you okay. psycho. Yeah. Just overfeed it so it's uncomfortable. Okay. Yeah, okay. Hey, thanks so much, Maddie. And finally, from Olympia in Washington, in the United States, it is Catherine. Conrad. It's a great name, Catherine, Catherine Conrad. Conrad. Yeah, that, that sounds like... It would start like this. Let's do one where we all say a word in it. Uh, Catherine, The Catherine Conrad Award for Excellence in... Uh, diving and... Snooker. <laughs> That's great. The big two. <laughs> big two. They go hand in hand often, diving and snooker. I'm not good at things. You were thinking pool... <laughs> 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 Maybe. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, thank you so much to Catherine, Maddie, Sheila, Anna, and Lucas, Jessica, Dan, Margot, <laughs> Daniel, and Brandy. I'm showing Matt and Jess a photo I found on Google Images of divers playing snooker underwater. Yeah, well, they're all vying for the Catherine Conward, Cat Conrad 
uh, award for excellence. And this, I've taken this from the Guinness World Records page again. The longest marathon snooker underwater relay was what? 24 hours exactly. Wow. In Germany in 2011. How are those balls staying down? I guess they're heavy, aren't they? Never mind. Answer <laughs> my own question. <laughs> I didn't need you science boffins over there. Balls drop because of the weight, Jess. All right, so the last thing we like to do is bring some people into... Not in water. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Buoyant balls. Do they float in water, your balls? You're goddamn right they do. Huh. Yeah, save me save me from a few Dorsey <laughs> situations. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that was a genuine question I didn't have to ask yet. I'm sorry. Uh, so the last thing we like to do is uh, welcome some people into our Triptych Club. This is our club where people who have been supporting on the shout-out level or above for three straight years get welcomed in. It's just the one inductee this week. Mm. Wow. The way this normally works is uh, I'm standing at the door. I've got the door list. Only one name on it. I'm gonna about to lift the velvet rope, welcome them in. Dave's on stage hyping up the crowd. All the previous inductees are there chanting along with you, cheering along. Dave's also booked a band. For the after party, Dave, who yeah, you got this you're week? Never gonna, we've actually got someone you mentioned at the top of the episode, Ravi Shankar. Wow, fantastic. Wow. Looking forward to hearing the stylings of Ravi. And Bob, you normally come up with a cocktail based on the topic? Yes. And the, <laughs> the cocktail is called the Ravi. <laughs> Ravi Shanky. Yeah. Oh, wow. Is that just bottomless Ravi mimosas? Shanky. Yes. <laughs> Ravi <laughs> Shanky. That's a weird riff on his name, but... It's a Ravi Shanky, yeah. so that he can't sue us. Okay. And uh, yeah, it's delicious. Is there any um, uh, salmon and cucumber, aka rocket launches? No, no, okay. no, no. The Tribute Club is a safe place. Thank goodness. There will be no need to alert anybody via secret codes. So I'm about to say a name. I'm going to welcome them in. Dave's going to hype them up. He's the hot man. He's on the stage. Yep. He does it with... Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Sort of really weak puns, but we all support him anyway. And then just sort of just boosts him up from the work that he's done as well, which is must, I think just does the hardest job here, trying to be positive about what Dave does. But We'll bring Unbelievable. <laughs> Every time he tries, it's just a pile of steaming I, dog I was shit. Say, I didn't get to the end of the episode yet from last week, but did he just absolutely suck last week? No, I did them. Oh, okay. That would have been fine. And he tried to be me. And he did okay at being me. Okay. Um, but I, did, I, could, I couldn't hold a flame to you. I don't know what you two are talking about, but we've got to get on with the triptych inductee. <laughs> I'm I'm about to read out a name, Let's Dave. Let's talk are you about ready? this over lunch with Adam I, later. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
All right. So our one inductee this week is from McKinney in Texas in the United States. It's Alicia Lishmore. You know what? I thought I'd had enough. I closed the club. I said, we've got enough. Yeah. But then I saw Lish and I said, more! Yeah, More! We need you, Lish. We Come on in! Yes. Fucking hell. And more Matt, like McWinnie. Is that McKinney? Oh, my God. That that's good, too. That's good, too. Uh, sounds delish. Shut up, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, welcome in, Alicia. Honestly. Lishmore, uh, so good to have you in. Make yourselves at home. <laughs> Everyone, uh, and uh, that brings us to the end of the episode. Uh, Jess, anything we need to say before we wrap up? Um, just that we love you, mm. and uh, if you want to suggest a topic, there's a link in the show notes. It's also on our website, dogoonpod.com. So, yeah, like we said before, if there's stories that you know um, maybe aren't super well-known or you think um, other people would like to hear about, let us know. We love to hear them. Um, and also buy tickets to our comedy festival show. Yeah, you Come can along. do that also at dogoonpod.com. Yeah. Come along, see us, do the quiz show on Mondays, but also please come to the live podcast on Sunday. They're night. always so much fun. We have such a good time at them. We might have some special guests this year. Um, but yeah, they're, they're a lot of fun in the room. Um, so you'll want to be there. Trust me. That's right. I'll high five one person each week. That could be you. And then, <laughs> but David is still, you know, COVID time. So I will need you to sanitize after that. Yeah, okay. No worries. I'll just high five Jess. <laughs> 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 well that brings us to the end of the episode thanks so much for joining us everyone we'll see you next week until then laters bye goodbye